This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar. And as always, we're talking about local and national sports and pop culture. Well, episode number 64. I can't believe that we've done more than 60, or I've done more than 60, including all the previews for basketball, football, and baseball over the past couple of years as we're in a new year. In football news, we'll get straight there. They've announced the finalists for the 21 class for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we got Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson, obviously, are on this list. We also have wide receiver Calvin Johnson, defensive end Jared Allen. Also, they have cornerback uh, Ronnie Barber, tackle Tony Baselli, safety Leroy Butler, guard Al Fenka, wide receiver Torrey Holt, safety John Lynch, linebacker Clay Matthews Jr., Linebackers Sam Mills, defensive lineman Richard Seymour, linebacker Zach Thomas, and Reggie Rowane, the wide receiver who played there as well. The guys who I think obviously Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. Jared Allen, though, his career wasn't as long as you thought and his dominance. And we all know that Calvin Johnson retired early because he wouldn't put up with playing hurt for a team that wasn't going anywhere in the Lions. And Torrey Holt is somebody who's been on the ballot for a long time that I can speak to. Like, he should be in there. Uh, I remember watching Richard Seymour. I know he's a Hall of Famer, and I know Reggie Wayne's a Hall of Famer. Uh, and obviously, I feel like Rodney Barber's probably a Hall of Famer. But this Hall of Fame is not as exclusive as baseball is. They get a lot of guys in there where I'm not sure 100% they're Hall of Famers. But football also is not about stats. It's like, were you the best at the time? All these other things. Because it's hard, really, to figure out how good an offensive lineman is as well. But yeah, those are the finalists for the 2021 Hall of Fame class. Headline with Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. Football also announced the the All-Pro teams. Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry, Travis Kelty, Devontae Adams, Fondix, Tyreek Hill for the skill players. And for the offensive line, David Bakari, Jack Conlon, Quinton Nelson, Brandon Scherf, and Corey Lindley, Lindsley. For defense, we got J.J. Watt. Excuse me, not J.J. Watt. Sorry. T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner, Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Tyron Matthew, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Buda Baker, and our special teams, Jason Sanders, and Jake Bailey, Cordell Patterson, Gunnar Olazeski, Greg, I mean, excuse me, George Odom, and Morgan Cox. Those the last two were the, the long snapper and just one special teamer, if you never heard of those guys. Second team is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes because it was a tie. Alvin Kamara, running back. They didn't have a tight end on the second team. I don't know why. That would be a question for the people voting. The wide receivers, though, because they were ties, are Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, and Cole Beasley. On the offensive line, Garrett Bowles, Ryan Remznick, Joel Benito, Wyatt Teller, and then they have center Ryan Kelly and Frank Ragnow. And then on defense, Khalil Mack, Desaria Smith, Chris Jones, Cameron Hayward, Devon, I mean, excuse me, Devin White, Demario Davis, Levante David, not to be confused with Davis, the guy we just mentioned, and Roquan Smith. Then you had Jair Alexander, Tazarius White, Jamal Adams of Seattle, Jesse Bates, and um, yeah, so Jamal Adams and Jamal and uh, Jalen Ramsey, not to be confused if you got confused there. Then they got the special teamers, Justin Tucker, Jake Fox, Andre Roberts, Jakeem Grant, Matthew Slater, and Luke Rhodes are the all-pro first and second team. So now that that is out of the way, I will say this weekend in football, Super Wildcard Weekend, where they added more, they added another game and another team to the playoffs. That I did not get the Rams game right. I thought if they're starting a backup, there's no way they could beat Seattle, who has a healthy running back. So last year they lost a bunch of running backs just before the playoffs. 
I also thought the Steelers, even though this year when they're undefeated and they had to have a consistent run game, they lost key players on defense, that they, they may not be the best team or the team that would be undefeated for long seasons. They were really not that team. They could at least beat the Browns, who had just made the playoffs the first time in years. And they had all these expectations last year. But I was wrong about those games. I was right that the Ravens would be the Titans because the Ravens figured things out in the second half of the season. The Titans are one-dimensional. Obviously, the Saints and the Buccaneers, I knew they are going to win their games. And I knew that the Buffalo Bills were going to win their games. So that's really where it's like, okay. You know, I knew Buffalo and Baltimore would win their games. And I, as I said, the Steelers came around. I knew that Drew Brees and paid in a... And Tom Brady would take care of business against their inferior teams that both didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. But yeah, with the, this next round going down, it's going to be interesting. Now, Kevin Durant is uh, been is out quarantining the last week because he wasn't um, able because he was around somebody in close contact. Kyrie Irving first set out due to personal reasons, and then there was questions on that. But then Kyrie Irving was found not wearing a mask at a family, you know, event. So now they want him to obviously quarantine and be away from the team. And the, come on, Kyrie, you gotta know better. That's you know, that's really what it, you gotta you gotta be careful about what you're doing in public because you're one of the biggest stars in basketball. You can't just be out in public without a mask, especially during these times. Colin Sexton became the the first player since LeBron James that in this first seven games have 20 points straight. Congratulations to him. Bad news, though, to Markel Fultz. He towards ACL, he's out for the year. I feel bad for him because he was the first overall pick the Sixers, and they were all about tanking, getting players, and then when they started having expectations, he was thrown into that, and he, you know, if it was the yips, it was due an injury, not have confidence in it, but he didn't, and it was just a disaster with the Sixers. They traded him to the Magic a couple years ago. He started building his confidence. He was good in the bubble this past season, and he was starting off to a good start, and now he's out for the year. I feel really bad for the guy. Duncan Robinson, though, was the fastest player to get the 303 points made in like 95 games. Congratulations to him. The Tom Brady played his first wild card game, and he's also the first. He's the oldest quarterback to throw like touchdown in a postseason game. That's pretty interesting. Marvin Lewis interview for the Jets job, and I'm like, whoa, 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 Jets. This guy was still the coach in Cincinnati, despite the fact that they were horrible and they just kept them going for years and years and years. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yes, he's been a, a coach who's taken the playoff team to the playoffs, but I'm just like, stay away from that. Eric Bieniemy interview with Jacksonville, the Jets, the Chargers, Atlanta, Detroit. The only team he did not interview with is the Texans. You can figure out what you think with that. And um, the uh, Antoine Bethea, Bethea retired. He's a former Colts 49ers Cardinal Giants. He won the Super Bowl with them, and he's a three-time Pro Bowl. Happy trails to him. Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson, Jeremy Lin, Lagello Ball, you know, Leangelo Ball, and uh, Alonzo Trier have joined the Orlando bubble. And the way that they're doing it is they're doing like a draft and trying to figure out what's the best situation. And that's interesting to get those guys. Jeremy Lin deserves a chance to come back. Speaking of coming back, Taj Gibson, after the Knicks cut him this past offseason, he has rejoined the team. So good for him that he's back and he gets to play under Tom Thibodeau, which is a good thing for him. The Lions have interviewed Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator. That's interesting. You got a good quarterback, and maybe you want to just say the offense is good. Let's get a defensive guy. And um, Seth Curry and Michael Porter Jr. of COVID-19. Hopefully they all get better. They, the Power Boys have fired defensive coordinator Mike Nolan because their defense this year was the worst in their franchise history. And it's interesting they, that, they, that they took them this long to make a decision on that. 
and they hired former defensive coordinator of the Seahawks and former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, who had just fired recently this year, to be the defensive coordinator. It's good to hire another guy who was a head coach, a guy who's been a coordinator on a Super Bowl caliber team. So that's good for the Cowboys. They can move on to that. The Mike Trico called the game this past weekend from home due to COVID-19 restrictions. LaMelo, Angel, LaMelo Ball became the youngest player to get a triple-double. Congratulations to him. Jason Whitlock of ESPN, formerly of ESPN and Fox Sports, has left the out, kicked the coverage to go pursue his own thing. I don't know what this guy is up to, but you've gone from two major atlas to a small one, and now you're not there. That's interesting. Holly Rowe, everybody knows her from covering at least the WNBA. She announced she's COVID-19. Hopefully she gets better as well. In hockey news, Blackhawks, former Blackhawks goalie Corey Crawford, who was a goalie on some of the championship teams, and himself with bad concussions, and, you know, we wouldn't blame him if he had retired while he was a Blackhawk. He became a free agent, and he signed with the New Jersey Devils. The NHL season's about to start pretty soon, and he just announced that he could take a leave of absence. Then it turned into that he's officially just retiring from hockey. So happy trails to Corey Crawford. You know, you'll go down as a champion. That's all you need to know. Hopefully everything's okay due to the, you know, the reasons that he wants to retire. Obviously, it's due to concussions. But, man, if you're the devil, you're like, this season's about to start. And we invested in you, and obviously the money's not a deal. But, like, you have all your plans start the season. That's not good for them on that point. The Celtics and Heat, among other games, were canceled recently due to COVID-19 and, and not having enough players to, to you know, uh, suit up. Jamal Adams of the Seahawks had a torn labrum in his right shoulder, and then he had, uh, then he had like injury to his fingers. All of this while playing the last game, so he's gonna have to get a lot of surgeries off season. Hopefully, he gets better. And Mike Milbury, based on comments about women that he said recently. NBC Sports decided to let him go as a former NHL head coach who'd been working for NBC as an analyst for years. Like, when you'd watch the pre- and post-game show, you'd see that guy. He always was there. Doug Peterson of the Eagles has been fired, and maybe it's because the Eagles have high expectations, and ever since they won the Super Bowl, they haven't been the same team, and they've been in a division where the Giants and Washington have been stinky, and the Cowboys have been dysfunctional. Obviously, Washington is functional, but Cowboys have been really dysfunctional, and they haven't taken advantage of that. They didn't make the playoffs this year, so it was also that the whole Carson Wentz thing, and then it turned into Jalen Hurts thing, then it turned into playing the third-string guy, Nate Sudfeld, who didn't need to come in at this point when, like, things are on the line, that I'm guessing the owner said, you know what, that's it, we're done, and maybe the owner wanted to keep Carson Wentz and not have to deal with the issue that the head coach had with it, but now with Doug Peterson, a free agent, that adds the Eagles as another opening, but also Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl as a head coach. He's coached under Andy Reid before. I feel like there are teams that are gonna could hire him. Like the Jets have rumored that could be linked to him. So there's plenty of teams that could use a guy who's won it before. But yeah, he's out despite being successful. The Bruins have announced they're gonna retire Willie O'Ree's number. This the guy, you know, the first ever black NHL player. It's about time. Bills have picked up Devontae Freeman on the practice squad because their running back, Zach Moth, is out for the year. That's interesting. The Sharks of Vander Kane has filed for bankruptcy. Some athletes just really can't take care of their money. Colts offensive lineman Anthony Castano has retired. He's played for 10 years. The Colts have always had a good offensive line in recent years, but by the time they did it, Andrew Luck was already beaten. Bad and happy trails to him. The Seahawks have fired their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottheimer, and they've re-extended their GM, John Schneider, through 2027. The Seahawks offense, as I told you, I thought would be better in the playoffs because they didn't have a cluster of injuries, and they had Carson 
and Carlos Hyde and their other running backs healthy, and they still went out in the first round. They obviously don't have a great offensive line, and their defense isn't what it used to be, but I guess they decided not to go with this offensive coordinator, so they're going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator. In baseball news, the MLB season they for the, is going to be hopefully on plan. That's what the commissioner wants it. They want a full 162-game season with spring training in February, but then there's support of the getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine, how they can go. Baseball also is going to not require people to have proof that they have the negative test or they have the vaccine to get into games. And as a fan, I'd love to just go to the game. I don't have to be on top of somebody. I can be socially distanced. There could be like it is in, like they had in restaurants recently where you sit in certain parts and some tables are not open. That's fine. I want to go as a press member and I want to be able to just like get access to the game. It doesn't matter where I'm physically sitting or if I got to stand. That could also be disaster because people who don't have the vaccine or not negative can come in and get everybody sick. But obviously, they're going to require you to wear a mask, which is totally fine. Don't have a problem with that. The minor league baseball season, though, is going to be delayed. And that's the tricky thing about them, A, not having a minor league season last season. And before that season, getting rid of most of the teams and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting. Richard Justice, longtime baseball writer, is leaving the big time of MLB Network. Not sure where he's going, but good luck to him. The, uh, the sad news is that Tommy Lasorda passed away last week, and I touched on it during the baseball weekly video about it as well. He was 93. He went to the hospital. Then he came home. He was fine. Then he had another heart attack. He's one of the oldest living Hall of Famers. He's one of those guys where he paid his due in the minor leagues, was the bench coach when the Dodgers were successful under Walt Alston, and then he became the manager after that. And he has almost 1,600 wins. He was a player for the Dodgers and the A's before then. And he's a two-time World Series champion, 81-88. He won to manage the year twice. The Dodgers have his number retired. He even was the manager when the United States won a gold medal in 2000. So he got the gold medal, the championship, all of that, all the wins. And then he's also famous for just being a lovable character. Everybody knows who he is. In the big city of LA, everybody just knows Tyler Sorda, yeah. He also would appear on shows like television shows. And, you know, commercials, things like that. So he was out there in the world. And then being Italian, he had a connection with Mike Piazza's father. And they drafted Mike Piazza as a favor of the Dodgers. And that turned out to be a good thing. Because Mike Piazza became, like, the greatest offensive catcher of all time. So that worked out well for the Dodgers there. So rest in peace to Tommy Lasorda. Big baseball trade happened last week, towards the end of the week. The Indians have traded impending free agent, gold glove, silver slugger, and all-star hitter. Francisco Lindor to the to the Mets, along with former All-Star pitcher Carlos Carrasco, and they got back Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, a minor league outfielder, and another minor leaguer. Now the thing is that the hope the Mets is resign him, resign him because then it's like a rental. But of course, a rental would be okay if you you think you're that close. But it was if Syndergaard comes back healthy, and it is, you know, the Grom. And it's Stroman, and it's Mats, and it's Syndergaard, and Carlos Carrasco, and they're all five are actually healthy for a full season with Gazelman and Lugo backing them up. Unlike last year, where Priscilla and Waka weren't the most healthiest, that's a great rotation for the for regular season. And having Lindor means that Ahmed Rosario's questions if he can be a good defensive player some games or some weeks he's a good offensive player, and the move to center field was a possibility. Lindor automatically gets to do that, and I the, I know the Mets are not going to be dumb enough hopefully to bat him lead off because. The best guys to bat lead off for the Mets are Brandon Nimmo, who's playing center, and Jeff McNeil. Like those are the two best options to be in the leadoff spot. If you want to bat him second, that's one thing. But he's batted, he's hit 30 plus, almost 40, and pretty much 40 home runs in a season at least once before. 
So it also could be someone that bats third and you go Pete Alonzo cleanup or you bat in fifth or sixth. That just makes your lineup better. Yeah, you're like, well, you gave up two young guys who are playing, and Jimenez could be better than Rosario. But uh, but Rosario, as I've said, there are years where he's a great defensive player, but then the next year he's not. There are years where he's not hitting consistently, but then the year he is. Like, I, you never know what's going to happen with him, so the Indians can have him and figure out what they want to do with him and play him as shortstop or second base or even center field. And the Jimenez guy, they can figure out, do I play him a second base, shortstop, or whatever? He has got the potential, but he has obviously grabbed the range from Rosario because it was going to be a battle in spring training probably between the two of them. And there's two minor leaguers. There's like lottery tickets. You never know what's going to happen. But at least with Carlos Carrasco, he's under contract for two full seasons. That makes the Mets rotation a lot better. The Nationals signed Kyle Schwarber, and it's an interesting story because of the local aspect of him being the former Cubs catcher turned left fielder with no DH in the National League until last year, even when they had the DH last year. The Cubs barely, if you look at the box score, you Schwerber was a DH. They did everything possible to play him in the outfield as much as possible. The Nationals just got Josh Bell, who's not a great defensive first baseman, and until there's word that there's going to be DH in the National League, what is Josh Bell going to do? He's going to play first. Schwerber's going to bat left. Now it's good to say that, you know what, Josh Bell and Schwerber could protect Juan Soto in the lineup because he had no protection last year. But Juan Soto is not about that he's a horrible defensive outfielder. It's just he's been a left fielder his whole entire major league career. You want to upend and move your best player to right field after he led the league in on-base slugging and average, all that stuff, all the accolades. And if there was an all-star game, he would probably have been an all-star. Move him to right field. It's just silly just to get a bad Schwerber, who's a defensive liability, strikes out too much. And for all the things you get from him hitting 20 or 30 home runs in a season, it's not worth it. The Nationals better hope that they have a DH spot so they can DH him or Josh Bell and the other one could play first base because that's what's best for them. And the uh, Angels play-by-play guy, Victor Rojas, announced that he's no longer going to be the play-by-play guy. That's interesting. If it's COVID-related, if it's just he decided he no longer wants to do that. The White Sox have signed free agent reliever Liam Hendricks, who used to be a former starting pitcher with the Twins and bounced around from team as a failed starter, injured starter, to reliever. And the A's even got rid of him a couple times and he came back. And he's figured it out the past, you know, two seasons. Only the White Sox have gotten him in the midst of when he's actually good. And he's a left-handed pitcher. So, obviously, you could do some mixing and, you know, matching there. So, excuse me. He's not a lefty. I'm my bad. Liam Hendricks. The thing about him is I'm not sure about it, is when you're a fail starter and you've battled injuries before. I'm just trying to be like, okay, so he's not a lefty. I meant to say he's a righty. Excuse me about that. The Yeah, the Aussie is a righty, so the Sox are still sign Alice Colomay or somebody else because Colomay hasn't been asking for like a two- or three-year deal. So if you have Hendricks and Aaron Bummer and Evan Marshall, but then you also bring back Colomay, you bring somebody else that's not Colomay, that'll make the Sox bullpen good. And now they have Lance Lynn, so it helps that rotation. What they really need is to get themselves either like an everyday DH or a guy to platoon in the outfield at DH or left field. That'll put them over the top. The Nationals are going to be the fourth team to have like a betting, you know, sports book where you can bet from your seats. That's if you're going to be a lot of fans in the stadium. That is interesting there. Now, in the television news, they've canceled the children's television show Caillou just for everybody to know. And um, Dan Levitardo, as I've talked about a lot on this show, He's about to get into an adventure with John Skipper, the former ESPN president, who really liked him and wanted him on TV and wanted him to have all these platforms. He, they're going to start their own like multimedia company and with writers and stuff. And he's been in charge of the zone, so it's going to be interesting to leave the zone stuff to do this. 
Look good out, good for Dan Levitard. The Bob's Burger designer Dave Cheeky unfortunately passed away due to skydiving accident. Rest in peace to one of to the one of the people who worked for Bob's Burger and Design. Now, I was about to come and tell you guys about the new NBC show that's a one hour long drama called Nurses. Because I said, okay, Transplant was a good Canadian, you know, rental to have for one year until New Amsterdam. I don't know what's going on with them. They have one in the queue, they haven't shown it, they got three they didn't get to do. They had the whole entire, you know, when things were let open and towards the May through September, that New Amsterdam, because it's filmed in New York, they had a chance to do it. It's not like they're filming somewhere else. But they show Transplant in the time being. I'm like, okay, cool. But then I said, okay, cool, Nurses is this trailer I keep seeing. And they show the first two episodes in December. And they decided to wait till the, till this, the, you know, the next week, like two or three weeks later, almost less than a month, but more than two weeks, like somewhere in the middle, to show the third episode of Nurses. So I'm, you know, I'm about to sit down watch the first three episodes and write my review on it and then when I get on the internet and get myself some information it turns out that it's also a Canadian based show that's been on the air before and that I can't make a verdict on if it's already been something that's been on the air it's or the verdict's already been made on these shows and I'm just a little bit annoyed at NBC because they got me a second time because I almost did that with Transplant as well I waited for those three episodes I was going to sit down and write it and then bam it's a rental from Canada CW has been up in front that all these shows are not theirs. All the Canadian, British, you know, European shows, you name it. Like, none of them are theirs. Shows they got from streaming sites, like, that, that's not theirs. Fox made it clear that LA's Finals was not there. NBC's got me a second time, and it's a little bit annoying because people who are fans of Ryan Eggold and New Amsterdam and everybody else go, you have one episode in the queue, show it. I don't know how you don't have time to have filmed the final three, so thank you, NBC, for kind of getting me again on... Oh, yeah, let's do it, because I was ready to tell you guys about it after I've written, and now I don't have anything to do for it. What is going to happen this week is the new Miami Alex show on Fox called Call Me Cat, the half-hour sitcom, and the new Mr. Mayor half-hour sitcom on NBC called, you know, Call Mr. Mayor with Ted Danson. Both of them are on Thursday nights. Once they've aired the third episode this Thursday, that's when I'm going to get to work Thursday night and Saturday night about those two new shows and come back to you and talk to them next week. Because I was about to do this one. Now, The Great North debuted on Fox for one episode, but that's still waiting. So, that's a little bit later. Now, I did let you know is I have album reviews. I just did a Gorillaz album review. That should hopefully be up towards the end of the week with everything. Because they've come out with like a new album. And that that's something I just worked on yesterday. And then when it comes to CBS, as you watch their shows like All Rise and Bull and their half-hour sitcoms. And you watch Seal Team and SWAT. And the FBI shows that if you're somebody who watches the NCIS shows or Blue Buds or, Ma- or Magnum P.I., you're like, okay, I'm watching these shows. And then you get a trailer for this new show that's on Thursday nights at 9 o'clock after all the half-hour sitcoms. And then you get the trailer for Sunday nights, The Equalizer. And I'm going to get a deal on this. I'm going to watch the new show, write a review on it, but I'm going to be upset about it because The Equalizer television show was a fine show. And if you wanted to make a movie out of it just for the name, that's one thing. But it, the movie had nothing to do with the show. It would turn somebody off if they don't really want to watch it because it's a, they think it's a reboot. You know, a remake sort of thing. You know, they're remaking it into a movie and not rebooting it. And that Denzel Washington did a great job in the first movie and an okay job in the second one. But then people may not want to watch something that's a good movie because they have a tendency not want to watch something that's been redone before. But so they're like, CBS goes, you know what? We've already rebooted, you know, we brought back the idea of having 
YFFO on for a very long time, probably longer than the original show, making Madden P.I. a different person, bringing uh, MacGyver. And they did a rush hour where they said, let's take a movie and make it into a TV show. So CBS is continuing on that trend, and they're like, let's make Equalizer. I'm like, okay, if you want to just remake, you want to reboot Equalizer completely and make it like the original show, and you have a white guy, that's cool. If you want to do like the movie, black guy, cool, but I know diversity is a big deal in Hollywood, and I'm going to say this, Queen Latifah, she can sing, she can rap, she can act, she's a beautiful woman, but like, I'm sad that her show star got canceled, but it wasn't the world's greatest show, so I knew at some point Fox was going to let it go. And I'm not saying that she doesn't need the show. I don't know what her financial situations are. But I'm saying to myself, there was no need to, if you're going to remake it, to completely just change everything about the show, the race and the character. Yeah, there may be sexist or racist of me, but what I'm getting at is they could make a show and she could be a private investigator who has a shady past where she was an ex-military or whatever it is, and this is her backstory. But they just had a show on ABC called Stumptown where this woman is a former you know, she was in the military, and she's now a private investigator, like, you can do that, they've done that plenty of times, like, Magnum P.I. is a private investigator, like, you can come up with an original idea, with the original backstory of the character, and they could do, and you could have the show be about Queen Latifah, but the idea that, okay, this show was supposed to be on in September through, uh, you know, September through December, let's say, or even January, they show, you know, a dozen or so episodes, and this other new show, could have been on this fall, but it wasn't, but it's a spring show, and then the returning show, Evil, hasn't been on, I'm saying to myself, like, okay, Sunday nights, you had one opening, and you didn't want to move your NCIS show, so it'd be all in one night, and on Thursday night, you've had really, you've decided to show, you know, Star Trek, the one that's on your all-access thing, Thursday night, but as I'm looking at it, you had an opening on Sunday night, you had an opening on Thursday night. And that's because you don't have Evil, Equalizer, or the new show in those time slots. So I'm still going to say this to CBS. Blood and Treasure Season 1 debuted in the summer of 2019, okay? But during the summer of 2019, or even the fall, or even the winter, when Fox, when, excuse me, CBS made the decision that when the, uh, or it was the spring. Blood and Treasure was a springtime summer show, like that thing. When it debuted in like April, you know, excuse me, like in May or June, and it was on, and they announced that it was going to be renewed when it ended. They could, they had amples of time to film season two in 2019. And then when the shutdown happened, they still had time to come back in 2020 and finish it. But what the headline was is that Blood and Treasure is not going to be on this spring nor this summer because CBS was waiting to see if all their shows, like I said, the FBI's, NCIS's, the SEAL Team SWAT, the remake shows, the Magnum PI shows, like... Our show's not going to come back? Well, okay. We don't have evil coming back. That's, that was an obvious one. So there's time slot. There's a ability for it. But guess what? They've showed Star Trek in one time slot. They've probably showed other things on Sunday nights instead on Sunday nights. And then you're just like, okay, where is this show? I don't understand it. Because now there's definitely not going to be time. Because if you have Equalizer on Sunday nights with the two NCIS shows, Monday nights is already booked. Tuesday night's already booked. Wednesday night, you have to show a remake. You have to show a reality competition show. No matter which one it is, there's like five or six before SEAL Team and SWAT. And on Thursday night, you have your half-hour sitcom. And then there was one opening, but now it's going to be the new show. And Friday nights are full, and you're not going to show something Saturday night. So the fact that this show was on in 2019, and they finished filming season two, and CBS is holding it hostage, is really stupid because we're already in the year 2021. 
by the time they get room to show it, and let's say this summer, the show would have, it's been two years since the show last ended. People are going to forget what happened. They're not going to remember. And if you would have just showed it this, if you just would have shown it in the spring or the summer of 2020 or even in the fall or now, and then make a decision if you want to renew it, then they could have already started filming season three. But you're just going to keep delaying things, which is annoying. That's just what I'm trying to get at is you had the openings for it. And you just didn't want to show it even though you said you would. That's the thing. Because it's one thing where Fox was smart and said, you know what, we're going to hold off on Filthy Rich, which again is a reboot. There's no point of remaking this a second time and with different people, but they did it. And then the show next, a post-apocalyptical type of show with the advanced AI with John Slattery. The point is, both those shows are supposed to be spring shows in 2020. But they said, you know what, because of COVID-19, we're not going to have any of our shows back in Fox except for obviously The Masked Singer, which again looks like they don't do COVID protocols where everybody's on top of each other not wearing masks. And as I said, they like to film the season while the other season is going on. And the other season was going on in the spring of 20, this the winter spring. So that was during COVID. This one was just in the fall. Like they definitely filmed that last year. And, and as I said, they were upfront about LA's finals not being their original own. They got the rights to it. That Fox was smart. They pushed something back from the spring to show it in the fall. That's what I thought. CBS was going to do with the show Blood and Treasure, and they have not. NBC, though, as I said, they've tried to fill the gap without having new answer Dan, but it's like, where is it? What's going on with that? There's been no word on, can we show that one episode that's to do with some sort of pandemic virus or disease that if, you know, CBS could throw Anthrax and Fox could show Canada airs and have, like, a warning on the screen and they could talk to you about it, then yeah. Then we know that you're like, this is fictional. It was recorded and written before all this happened. But you can't do that, and then you can't, you know, and then you had three episodes remaining, and you did not film those. But I thought in, all, in last year, there was time between May and, like, you September when, like, the warmer months for you to record, and you did not. So NBC's got some explaining to people at New Amsterdam what's going on with that, and CBS has to explain why they make an announcement they're going to push a show that could have been on in the spring or summer to the fall, but then they don't show it in the fall, and now there's not going to be room. Like, those are the questions. But, yeah, rest in peace. To Tommy Lasorda, a baseball legend. The you know, even though it's 2021, as in the last couple of weeks, I've said we just lost a bunch of people in general, actors and musicians and whatnot. Now we've lost another big time legend in baseball. And I know, it's silly to think that if I had started covering baseball and I worked in baseball and I was in LA, that I could have maybe at one point met Tommy Lasorda just to say I wanted to always meet you, but that has not happened. So rest in peace to him. Thanks for listening to another edition of On The Radar. This is number 64. I can't believe we've done 64. As always, download my podcast, Apple, Google, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just hit like or follow on Facebook on the Entertainment blog. Follow me at Radar4428 on Twitter. Radar4428 on Blogger. And go to YouTube and just hit the word subscribe. You don't even have the notifications. Just get the subscribers up so you can watch videos about movies I've seen or about what's happening during the baseball season or in the off season, my website is on the radar media as well. It's got pretty much everything you need as well. Thanks for listening. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.